Hello. You're listening to episode three in a series of podcasts taking you behind the scenes of Crompton Nights at the Belgrade Theatre. Based on the Guardian Children's Fiction Prize-winning novel by Alex Wheatle, Crompton Nights premieres in Coventry on Saturday the 8th of February, when there will also be an opportunity to get copies of the book signed by the author ahead of the performance. The show then runs until the 22nd of February, ahead of a UK tour, and incorporates beatboxing, physical theatre and original songs. It tells the story of the Magnificent Six, a group of teenagers who band together to help their friend Venetia, setting off on a mission to retrieve her mobile phone, which has been stolen by a vengeful ex-boyfriend. My name's Heather, and this week I'm joined by Amy Powell, who plays Venetia in the show. As a West Midlands-based performer and member of Strictly Arts Theatre Company, Amy is a familiar face here at the Belgrade, and regular visitors might recognise her from shows like Club 2B, Freeman and Over the Top. Hello Amy. Hi Heather. How are you doing today? How are rehearsals going? They're going well, thank you. Yeah, I'm very well. Cool. Um, so could I just get you first of all to introduce your character in the show? Yeah, so um, I'm playing Venetia King. Venetia's a 15-year-old girl. She has had her phone stolen from her by her ex-boyfriend and he he's a few years older than her and he'd taken some very inappropriate pictures of her and then took the phones when she tried to break up with him. So that sort of inspires this whole adventure that her friendship group go on. I think one of the things that's really interesting about this story, like the setup that you've just given us, it could be so easy for like Venetia to be a real damsel in distress and for the boys to go and kind of get this phone for her and like save her, get her out of the trouble. But yeah. that's not how it works at all, is it? No, not at all. At the beginning, she, she definitely needs the support of her friendship group. But as it goes on, well, from quite early on, actually, you see that she has quite a lot of inner strength that she's not just going to let these guys in particular sort of walk all over her and her friends and she's not going to take it lying down, you know, she really does stand up to some quite nasty people. I don't want to give too much away as well, <laughs> so I'm being very careful of, yeah, about sure. what I say happens, but she she's not shy in confronting people. There's a lovely kind of, the relationship between her and the guys as well, I think it's quite unusual to see them all kind of supporting each other in this very platonic way as well like yeah. there's, there's no hint that the boys are ever going to try and look at these photos or anything no not at all and I think that's that's really nice actually is that they all really respect one another there's a little connection between her and one of the other characters called Bit Little Bit but it's it's definitely from his side like he does have a soft spot for Venetia but it's not quite reciprocated but he never you know no lines are ever crossed and he's always very gentlemanly around her and even one of the lines that he says is like you know talking about the photos said you know I'd never do that to a girl and you know I wouldn't cross that line so yeah they are all very supportive and respectful and does that kind of ring true to you like the way that these characters behave because <clears throat> they go through a lot of stuff in this it's nice that they're still like really generous and positive towards each other yeah absolutely it's lovely because you see they were all so very different like all of the characters are very very different and it's like They've all come together and it just works perfectly. In the second half, there's a bit of a revelation that sort of erupts within the group, shall I say. Mm -hmm. And it's, it gets a bit rocky and you're not sure how this is going to be resolved, actually. But yeah, you know, 
in the end, you know, everyone comes back together. And if anything, all the things that they go through from start to finish, it really strengthens the bond that they already had from the beginning. So that's really nice to say. Talking technical a little bit more now. You're back here with us. You're in Club 2B over Christmas. Mm -hmm. You're working with Corey again. Mm -hmm. But the way that this show works is very different to that. There's some quite unique things here, particularly the beatboxing. Yes. Is that new to you? How are you finding that? Heather, that's so new. (laughs) (laughs) That is so new to me. So I had never beatboxed in my entire life. And... um, coming into it I remember even when we had the auditions and we had to do like a little bit of beatboxing in the workshop audition and I was like oh my gosh this is really tough (laughs) really really tough but I sort of just threw myself into it got the job which is amazing and then it suddenly dawned on me I'm actually gonna have to (laughs) to learn how to do this and I'm Conrad's a great teacher I was just about to say yeah Conrad is he's an incredible teacher and he's so I mean for a start he's very patient (laughs) But he's very um, empowering, empowering is the word I'll, I'll use, because he sort of, he allows you to sort of make mistakes and not feel really silly. Because, you know, some, some of the guys in the cast are incredible at it. They're really, really good. And me as a novice, I was like, oh, God, how am I going to try and match that? Because I don't want to let the team down. But everyone is really, really accommodating of that and, and really supportive, which I think helps in a room where, you, you know, you, you haven't done something before. It's really important that you feel mm-hmm. safe to try stuff. And so because I have been and I've felt that way, yeah, it's been incredible. I've really enjoyed it. I was saying yesterday, actually, I'm used to devising a lot of theatre and creating work in that way, but I haven't ever done that with music. So, so is that how this is working? You're kind of, you're helping to devise the shape of these sounds as you go yeah, along? Abso- yeah, absolutely. So all the songs that are in the show is created by the company. Everything right. is like, you know, from scratch created by us. And... um The way that that comes about is we'll talk about what we want the song to be about, what part and where it falls in the script. Then Conrad will just throw it out to us and be like, okay, so, you know, what sort of vibe are you feeling for this? What sort of, you know, what tempo? What's the bass line like? So we'll create the beat first. And then from there, we'll maybe bring in some, like, vocal lines. So we've got the skeleton of, of the song. And we've had a loop station in rehearsal. So we'll record it all on the loop station and just have that playing like constantly <laughs> and then we'll create a hook a chorus um so you have like lyrics as well yeah, part of it. yeah it's not yeah. just the kind of sound yeah no no lyrics when i saw the initial sharing you were kind of using the beatboxing to create the sounds of the city as well yeah. it's not just like these standalone songs is that still yeah yeah that's part of it? yeah absolutely so um for example we just in rehearsals just now we were doing a scene where one of the characters they talk about how he's a really fast runner so there's a scene where he has to run back up to one of the flats and post a phone back through the letterbox and so we're doing all the sounds like we've got the heartbeat so it's like silent and all you can hear is like <laughs> And then, like you know, you can hear the like the wind billowing as he's running. So yeah, it's been it's been exciting. It's been really well. It's been very different, shall we say, <laughs> to what I'm I'm normally used to. I was so excited when I found out he was going to be involved because I saw um, Frankenstein: How to Make a Monster over the yeah. summer and just just completely blown away by it. So like, yeah, you're in for a treat with this. Yeah. Cool. So obviously, as I say, you and Corey are both involved in this project and there's some of the familiar Strictly Arts faces Mm -hmm. too. Is there still very much that kind of physical theatre Strictly vibe to this show? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. So we've, for a start, every morning we've been doing body con, so body conditioning, which is 
killing all of us. He, it's almost, what does that entail? So, just pure hell, basically. <laughs> so it's like we have four moves. If I get this wrong, he's probably going to go mad. But yeah, we have four moves and they're just repeated. But it's like the one that kills the most is like a deep squat, but you're sort of pulsing like constantly for like four or five minutes and then doing like punches and things. And that's just our warm up. You know, that's just getting our bodies ready for the day. But yeah, it's very physical. So our set is quite big. We went and saw it yesterday. It's incredible. And it also revolves. It's got different levels, stairs, doors, lots of opportunity for jumping up and down things, running up things, jumping over gates. And so, yeah, it's going to be very physical. It must be (laughs) difficult doing that with all the vocal stuff as well. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. So what we've started doing which has been really helpful, is when we, when we do some of the songs, particularly some of the more energetic songs, is we sort of bounce on the spot. Mm-hmm. We, be, we did that a few times. and Because obviously we're not going to be doing that throughout the whole song when it comes to the show, but it's good to sort of get our bodies used to being physical while still creating sounds. Another challenge that I've found as well, what we've all found, is sort of remembering that when, say, for example, when your verse comes up in one of the songs, you might drop out of like a beat. So if you're doing a beat and then your verse comes up, you you know, you'll do your verse. But it's remembering that someone has to pick that up, otherwise it'll the music will fall flat. And then once you've finished, you have to slip back into it. There's so many things going on. So it's like really hyper collaborative. Yeah. What's it yeah. like working with two directors on that note? It's really good actually, because if I'm honest, that to me sounded like a nightmare before I'd worked with them both. But it works really well because Corey and Esther approach the work in very different ways. So Esther is very much about the text and we'll do a lot of table stuff with her, which is so useful and really break everything down and go through it all. Whereas Corey is very physical. Mm -hmm. So we sort of know what we're going to get with each one. And they complement each other really well. So it's been good. You talked about having some reservations about having the two directors to start with. Let's talk about what attracted you to this project. Were you familiar with the story of Crongton Nights? What interested you about it? So when I first heard about it, I I hadn't read the book or anything before. But Corey had told me bits and pieces about it. And I was like, this just sounds like a lot of fun mm-hmm. like with all the ideas that they they'd had for it and I was like that sounds like a real entertaining show something that I really want to be a part <laughs> of and then the opportunity to audition for it came up in fact we were still on tour with Freeman so the opportunity to audition came up so I bought the book and I read it and it was I really enjoyed it and I thought even though it's for young people and it's about young people it deals with some very adult themes mm-hmm in a way that it doesn't patronise. I don't feel like it patronises and, it, you know, it's, it feels real. It feels very real, even though it's in a fantastical world. Is it difficult managing to balance that kind of tonal changes? So, as you say, like, a lot of it's quite fun and playful, but yeah. then you've got the... Suddenly it's like, oh, my God, what's happening to these yeah, kids? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've had a lot of discussions about that in, in the rehearsal room, actually. And just finding that balance, because I think it is, it's going to be very important to get that, because you don't want it to go too far either way. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, and that, that in itself was another thing that attracted me to the project. Are you referring back to the book quite a lot? Is the play very different to the book, or is it quite similar? Yeah, it's not too dissimilar. If I'm honest, I haven't referred back to the book now, because I don't want to confuse the text that we have with what's there, because there's some things that... I mean, not a lot, to be fair, but there's some things that have had to be taken out just because we can't be there all night when the show's (laughs) on, you know. Um, 
But yeah, so I've sort of put that to bed. One thing we haven't put to bed though, which is really useful, is at the beginning of the book, there's a map of Cronkton. So the kids, we live in South Cronk, and there's North Cronk, they sort of, you know, have a lot of beef. And then there's lots of other areas that get mentioned, Ripcorn Wood, where one of the kids lives, Notre Dame, where Venetia's ex-boyfriend lives. So that's been really handy is that in a, rehearsals. Is that supposed to be a church or just like, it's just an area? It's meant to be an area. Okay. And in Notre Dame, you meet this horrible <laughs> gang known as the Hunchbackers. <laughs> cool. Given that it's kind of based on a, a South London estate, mm-hmm. I wondered how relevant you feel it is because this show was always going to tour around regionally. So yeah. being from the West Midlands, does it kind of feel recognisable to you? Do you think audiences will see themselves in this? Oh, yeah, definitely. Because I feel like there's estates like that all over the UK. That's, it's not just specific to South London. So I think people will see, they'll recognise stuff within the show and they'll recognise characters as well if they relate to one or if they know oh yeah my friendship group there's yeah there's the Mm. funny one then there's the you know all these kinds of things so yeah I think people definitely relate and is there anybody in particular that you hope comes to see it anything that you hope people will take away from it I actually hope there's a lot of first-time theatre goers that come to see this young people and older people because I think it's important for people to know that theatre is for everyone and it's not just you know Shakespeare and people in in tights and period costume and do you know what I mean Mm -hmm. theatre is so much more than that so I really for me that is the first time theatre goes I want them to come and go what hopefully (laughs) if we do a good job like wow yeah this has changed my mind on what I thought theatre was and you can come and have a really good night have a good laugh be moved lovely hopefully we'll do that (laughs) thank you very much that's great thanks Heather Cronkton Nights premieres at the Belgrade Theatre from the 8th to the 22nd of February. Tickets are available to book now at www.belgrade.co.uk.